What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass, hijinks, insight, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? It's going really well, Graham. Yeah. It's been a, a big week in Atlanta sports. It certainly has it's been. It's the first time in a while I'm actually excited about the different topics that we have to discuss. I know. Last week's show was a little rough. Yeah, in terms of the news going on. Right, right. So there's actually uh, a lot of big news that ha- this happened this week, so I'm, I'm jacked about it. Yeah, you got your NBA draft. We'll be talking some uh, Devonta Freeman news. We'll be talking some Braves, um, exciting Braves stuff going on. They're pretty hot, and Freddie Freeman moving from first base to third base is the plan once he returns from the DL. So yeah. got a lot of stuff to, to talk about today. I uh, I do have to go ahead and say, Graham, I apologize. Oh, we know why you're apologizing. At least I do. Why don't you tell the users, as you like to call them, why you're apologizing? Well, Graham, we've been doing this podcast for now, what? I think, like, since March. It's March-ish. Almost July. Yeah. So This is our 17th episode, I think. Yeah. And we're, uh, you know, we're doing our thing. Yeah. But uh, I had an opportunity to really put us on the map. Yesterday, I was at work, and I was walking through the parking garage and noticed Thomas Dimitrov parking. The Thomas Dimitrov. General manager of the Atlanta Falcons, for those of you that don't know. Although, if you're listening to this show, you sure as hell should know that. I'd imagine you would know that. So anyways, I did a double take, made eye contact with the guy, uh, gave him a head nod, and went on with my life. Did he return the head nod? Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was a mutual head nod. That's good. I felt really good about that. Vindicated. But I wasn't about to run up to him and... Oh, my God. Yeah. Thomas Dimitrov. I did that one time. This was like 10 years ago, also in a parking garage, when I saw Rod Coleman. Oh, yeah. An old D-tackle for uh, the Falcons back in the day. And I ran into him in a parking garage, and I was like, hey, you're Rod Coleman. <laughs> he was like, Yeah. And then I just like awkwardly walked up to him and like shook his hand and was like, "Yeah." I'm sure he wanted to just punch you in the face. It was brutal. I wanted uh, to, I wanted to punch myself. So in the face. embarrassing. But um, so, anyways, we had that, and I didn't think I'd see him again. But I was like, "That's cool." I had that nice little moment with Thomas Dimitrov. But then I realized, oh, this guy's got to leave at some point. <laughs> He's not just going to stay in the parking garage yeah. for the rest of his. Uh, Rest and, of his day. And I had to give a, uh, a cashier a break, so I was, like, sitting in the booth where he would be leaving. And then, like, in my head, I'm going through, like, and I had already texted Graham, and I was like, this could be our chance. Like, it's a big opportunity. And uh, I was like, I'm going to take a shot if I get this opportunity to see him again. So as I'm, like... What shot were you thinking about taking? Asking him to come to the Adam Kalal studio for an interview. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, I'm sitting there in my head like rehearsing my little speech that I would do but not really thinking that it would ever happen I was like there's no way he's going to come out in these 20 minutes that I'm sitting here then sure enough I see his red BMW rolling around the corner it wasn't in his uh, Land Rover no he was in a red BMW uh-huh. yep um, I guess he had done some shopping that day and he comes out and uh as soon as I saw it, I was like, nope, I'm not going to ask him to come on the podcast. I just knew it in my heart of hearts yeah. that I could have pulled the trigger. It was a long shot, and you shouldn't beat yourself up about it. This is true. But 
We did chat at least. No, what you what you talk about? Um, I I just said, hey, I'm a big fan of you and Coach Quinn, what you guys have done for the team. And he was kind of quiet for a second, but then he chimed in and started asking me questions about if I think the Falcons are going to be able to come back from this, from the Super Bowl, and make a run this year. And I said I did, and um, he started talking about how the locker room already, they've he's seen a lot of positivity, and they're coming back, and like they're feeling great about this season, according to him. So... That's great to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked him, I was like, so the brotherhood, that's a real thing? He said, oh, absolutely, it's a real thing. Um, and then the other thing he was squawking about was how uh, everyone's comparing us to the Panthers. After the Panthers lost the Super Bowl in the previous year. Yeah. Exactly, and then mm-hmm. really sucked it up last year. And he's like, well, that's the difference between Cam Newton and Matt Ryan, so he's not worried about it at all. Nice. That's a hot take right there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's some uh, actual insider knowledge there. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> you know, maybe, maybe Thomas will listen to this and uh, give us this opportunity to bring him on hey, the show. You never know. Yeah. Well, that's cool though, that you're able to talk to him. And he no, was he was open. Yeah, you know, he, he was, didn't just blow you off. He was such a cool dude. Yeah. Just seemed like any other guy. So was he was he as articulate as he is normally? Very articulate. Yeah. Yes. I, I I was impressed. I don't know if he was impressed, but I was impressed. He's probably just trying to get out of there as fast as he could. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. But he's like, "Oh, I guess it's a fan. I gotta appease yeah. this little guy." That's cool, though. Yeah. That's awesome. That was exciting. Chance moments like that are always fun when they do happen, if they happen. Um, I was just happy, happy that something exciting actually happened to me and something to talk about and bring to the show. Oh yeah, and I think you know to add on to Thomas's point, I think another thing that separates the Falcons from the Panthers. Uh, we're not losing anybody that's really pivotal on defense. Like they lost Josh Norman. Uh, we haven't let our offensive line go to hell. And uh, of course, you'll take Matt Ryan over over Cam Newton any day of the week. I really should have asked him about that offensive guard position, though. Oh, with Chester leaving, yeah, that's yeah. still my one concern. But that's what the guys on six eighty were talking about this week. Like, because you have like two to three year window to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And if you blow it because of a offensive guard not having that in place, yeah, it's gonna be that's brutal. Wicked tough to come back from. Certainly. Um, <clears throat> all right, so diving into uh, the rest of the show here, we're gonna start with the Hawks since um, they've been making some waves over the last few days. Um, we'll start with uh, something that happened uh, since we recorded last time, which is the trade of Dwight Howard. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing this on my phone, <clears throat> and I literally. I'm like, yeah! Like, I felt like I was, uh, I don't know, getting some information about, like, a raise or, uh, you know, something good happening in my life or to someone I know. Um, instead, I was happy about uh, getting rid of the biggest man child in the NBA, who has now been on five different teams in five calendar years. Yeah, which is a big sign. Yeah. Um, you're not sad about losing out on the new three-point potential of Dwight? That was one of the first things I thought about, and I was like, the Hornets got to deal with that shit now. What if he's like a stud? Really? I like, don't care. shoots like 48% from the three. If that happens, I'll pay you $100. Deal. You don't have to pay me anything. Deal. So the Hawks traded Dwight Howard in the number 31 overall pick to the Hornets for Marco Bellinelli and Miles Plumlee, one of the many Plumleys to come out of Duke. Uh, he's not the good one. That one is Mason. And... 
Adam, what were your what was your first reaction to the trade? Because a lot of people are upset that um, that even though we got rid of Dwight, we didn't clear a lot of cap room because um, for whatever reason the Bucks decided to pay uh, Miles Plumlee fifty two million over four years, and he's been traded a couple of times during that uh, span. So I think he's still owed like thirty six million or something like that. And Bellinelli is obviously way beyond his prime, um, averaged like ten points a game last year. Um, serviceable guy off the bench, but nothing to write home about. So what was your first reaction to the to the trade? Well, at first I was just excited to get rid of Dwight yep. and be like, okay, we're moving on from that terrible contract. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize the Plumlee situation with his terrible contract. I didn't realize Plumlee's that is a worse contract. It is. Uh, it's it's um, four years. I think we're saving. It's a little less money, but we're... I think it's. I think we're saving like, like seven... Four million dollars a year is all we're saving. Right, or something so that like seems that. So that seems pretty crazy to me. Yeah. I would have rather cut the guy versus taking out another contract like that. Well, I think, you know, at, at the very least, you're getting... From the alternative of cutting someone, at least you're getting people that can play. And some people are saying that maybe Plumlee can somehow thrive in the system. And at least they're warm bodies that aren't going to be... Well, at least if we're giving up... Obviously, the best player in the steal is Dwight Howard. Yes. We're taking on a shit contract. Yep. We're trading one shit contract for another, pretty much. But we're taking a worse contract, basically. You could argue that, yeah. So why are we also trading down 10 spots in the draft? That was the one part that I was really baffled by, is, is like, maybe that was the uh, only way they'd take him, and maybe Schlink didn't think he could find another... Um, Another partner. Apparently he had four other deals on the table, and this was the best one. Wow, that's saying something. Um, what else were they out there trading? I don't know. But if it's if it's worse than uh, Bellinelli and the bad Plumley, But they got a jockstrap signed for five years and $80 million out there somewhere? Uh, you know what? With the way they're handing out contracts in the NBA, I wouldn't be surprised. Hell, you or me would make $8 million a year <laughs> at this rate. Um yeah, once I knew last year when Timothy Mozgov got like a $70 million contract for four years after he averaged like five points a game and like four boards, yeah. I was like the NBA is... absurd. Yeah, the way they're paying people is just ridiculous yeah. now. And that's, that one they already know is a mistake. He got traded as well. Yeah. But uh, I was I was fine with the, the trade overall because it gets rid of um, my moral enemy, Dwight Howard, after he showed his ass multiple times this year. Mm-hmm. Um, after he showed his ass multiple times this year... Uh, had multiple occurrences where he didn't get along with uh, various players. Uh, would have also have times when he didn't talk to the media after games, leaving his teammates to field questions about him. Um, and then, of course, the uh, incident I will always bring up is him out at 3 a.m. In a, in a car that's not registered and with no insurance at 3 a.m. the night of an elimination game. That is horseshit. And yeah. obviously, he was on Bud's shit list because he didn't even play in the fourth quarter of said elimination game. Yeah. So I think even though we did not get um, you know a, a good return for him, I think the important thing was just to get rid of him. Whatever it took, just get rid of him. Yeah. It, was, it needed to be done. His homecoming lasted less than a year. Yeah. Did you hear the shit about him being on a Twitter? He was like doing a live tweet with the fans. Yeah, he was like, what do you think about all these trade rumors going around? And then while he was tweeting, he was traded. Yeah. Amazing. That's got to be terrible feeling for that guy for Dwight yeah and I'll I know, say I know he's not happy about it I'll say this about Dwight 
as much shit as I give him. Uh, I know he is a big time charity guy. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He's done a lot of things in the community. Yeah, he's always everywhere he's gone, be it Orlando, L.A., Houston, here, um, which I'm sure will continue in Charlotte. And he's gonna he's always very close to the community and does a lot of good charitable work. So I I, I can't knock him for that, obviously, um, unless I was an asshole. Um, which you are, which I am. But even if I am, even if I was, then I would be even more of an asshole. But which I could be. Um, but without a doubt, there were, he had multiple on-court incidences, be it with teammates or the media. Media got leaving. He's a, he's a distraction. He's yeah. a distraction. And honestly, we're probably going to get rid of Paul Millsap. And would you really want Dwight Howard to be the veteran presence on that team, influence the way these kids like Schroeder and? Uh, Torian Prince are going to be thinking. Nah, and I think that's a big reason why he's gone. Yeah. Schlink just wanted to wipe the old board clean. Yeah. So there's a there's another rumor going around that there's a potential signing trade for Paul Millsap with um, a few teams, um, the Nuggets and the uh, I know the Kings are included in those rumors. Uh, would you be in favor of a signing trade, Adam, for Paul Millsap? Um, yeah, because then we get something out of him, but. Explain how those work. Like, why? I understand that we can give him the most money. Yep. But why would the other teams want to agree to that? I think it, uh, it it's a good question, and I've always wondered that about the sign and trade too. There could also be a way for them to get additional assets, potentially. Um, they could try to squeeze a draft pick out of us, or something yeah. like that, or maybe a, a solid bench player. Right. Uh, who knows. But um, I guess it's also the team's way of guaranteeing that they get Paul Millsap versus putting an offer out there and him possibly choosing another team. Correct. Maybe that's it. Yeah, and I think that would probably play more into it than getting an additional piece. Yeah, that sounds pretty smart. Yeah. Um, that's what I do. Yeah. And so I would like that because the, the biggest issue I had with Horford leaving was we got, we got jack shit for him. We got absolutely jack shit for him. And had that happened in consecutive seasons, consecutive off-seasons would be inexcusable. It's going to happen. Though. I don't think the sign-and-trade thing's going to happen. We'll see. NBA free agency is, a, is the Wild West. It's, uh, right. it's fucking no, that, crazy. That, it has been more exciting so far than the actual playoffs. I was, just think, I was just about to say that. And that shows how ridiculous and uninspired and full of shit that the NBA is right now for letting their league become this superstar video game fantasy draft bullshit league that is the most uninteresting postseason I've ever watched in any sport ever in my life this year. I've never seen a worse postseason than I have this season. There was one good series at that. It all started with LeBron yep. and going to Miami, taking his talents. Well, I actually think it started with the Celtics team in 08 when they had Pierce Allen and Garnett. That's fair, and then LeBron did it. Then that LeBron did that. it. Yeah. And, and, um, but yeah, and so I am fine with the Hawks... Tanking, blowing it up, keeping key pieces like a Torian Prince and a Schroeder. Schlenk says it's not a rebuild. I know he says it's not a rebuild, but I think he has to say that. He has to save face. If he doesn't say that, then no one's going to give a shit. The fair weather fans, the fan that comes to five games a year that isn't really a big fan isn't going to come. Right. So I think he has to say it. But I think the real fans, I think, know what he's trying to do, even if he won't say it. He's got to retool this team and try to put it in a position to succeed five, six years down the road when guys like LeBron are gone, when Durant's older. Um, and maybe, you know, the way of the league is trying to build a, a superstar team. Maybe we can be in a position to do that by that point. But we are not contending for the next five to six years, I don't think, yeah. at all. So we, we have to build through the draft. Yeah. 
so yeah, that kind of brings us to speaking of retooling and refactoring, rebuilding, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the NBA draft happened last night, so we're recording this episode on June 23rd. 23rd. 2017. Yep. And so the draft happened last night on June 22nd, and the Hawks had three picks. Uh, the top ten of the draft went as everyone expected. All those lottery guys, Josh Jackson's, Lonzo Balls, Fultz, all went pretty early. Then you get to the Hawks, and uh, we selected a guy, John Collins, out of Wake Forest, who I actually have watched. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, because North Carolina basketball fan. Oh, he watched him on TV. Yeah, he went to yeah. Wake Forest, so I obviously saw him when Carolina played right. Wake. Um, so basically, Collins is 6'9 or 6'10, depending on what sky and report you look at. Um, doesn't have a huge wingspan for a guy of that size, but is very athletic, runs up and down the court really well. Pretty good uh, moves on the interior, gets a lot of rebounds, um, average 19 points and uh, almost 10, 10 boards a game, pretty much a double-double. It's like 19 points, like 9.8 boards a game. ACC is one of the best conferences in the league, so you got to like that. He led them in PER. Oh, PER. We don't want to talk what about What the hell per. does that mean? It's pretty much like the war of basketball. He led the entire ACC in PER. That's pretty damn good. So I don't know what the hell that means. It's uh, pretty much war. It's taking every statistic and, okay. and, and making an uh, equation out of it and then saying this is your overall value to your team. What does it stand for, though? Uh, player something or Evaluation rate? Could be. I don't know. I can't I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay. But, um, but that sounds good to lead the ACC in that. Yeah. He, and, I mean, he had a monster sophomore year. Yes, he did. Um, did, I was always impressed by his athleticism, his rebounding. Um, he got three offensive boards a game. So the detractors are saying that, yeah, he's a pure post player. Uh, doesn't really have any finesse moves. Doesn't have a mid-range game or a three-point game. But that's not to say that he can't develop. And if there's one thing the Hawks have done well ever since Bullenhoser came in with his uh, player development guys is be able to develop players. DeMar Carroll, no one knew who the hell he was. Went off to, you know a huge contract in Toronto after having a career year with the Hawks. Paul Millsap really blossomed under Budenholzer. Uh, Dennis Schroeder's done really well under Budenholzer. Um, Kyle Korver found the fountain of youth. Um, Horford got better at shooting um, the outside jumper, even though he took it too often. Um, guys have improved. Jeff Teague had the season of his life under, under Budenholzer. So if there's one thing they can do is develop players. Um, and young players. Tutorian Prince really taking that next step forward uh, yeah. last year. So what do you think of the move, sir? Um, per usual, these drafts, I didn't know a damn thing about the guy coming into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, after looking at it, I've heard he wasn't even – like he was on their draft board, obviously, but like they didn't think there was a chance in hell that he would drop to 19. Yeah, I heard, I heard that he was really turning heads at the combine at various workouts, and that he actually had developed a three-point shot and – People weren't expecting that. Like, oh, okay, he's really you know expanding his game. Yeah, so, so I don't know why he dropped, but like the Hawks didn't even bring him in for a workout mm-hmm. just because they didn't think it was going to happen. was going to get there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so they they snatched him because it was going with Schlenk's philosophy, as many people have, as the best player available. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just so happens to fill a need as well with Howard leaving, and most likely Millsap. Right. So. That's a win-win right there. Yeah, and I think uh, he can play either the four or the five, uh, given his post presence. Yeah. So, um, no, I'm 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 happy with it though. After looking at all of that, um, 
there's no one else on the board that I think we should have taken instead. Right. Yeah, no, I think it was a, it was a good move overall. Um, See how it goes. We got getting a nice little core together now of young guys. Yeah, I will say this in terms of guys that are drafted at this spot for the Hawks over the last few years, you know, like 15 or worse. This is the this is the one I've been excited about the most. Well, you know the last guy we drafted at 19 out of Wake? Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague. There you go. That was a pretty good pick. Oh, yeah, definitely. That one worked out. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, a lot of people are saying this is steel. So yeah, so that's a good thing. So um, should we say it too? Steel. John Collins is a steal. So we, our next pick, uh, number forty-one, was Tyler Dorsey out of Oregon. So um, you know Dorsey, the uh, Sky report on him is that he is a uh, really lightning quick guard who can score on the interior uh, with his penetration ability. And on the perimeter, shot forty-two percent from three-point range. Um, definitely seems like a uh, worthy addition to the team. And uh, a lot of people are saying that you know, when you get guys in this position, sometimes they're not equipped to you know be ready to play in the NBA immediately. But a lot of people think he is, just given his offense. No one's really saying anything about his defense below average marks, but people are saying offensively, this guy can really contribute. Yeah, I know he really dominated in the uh, NCAA tournament. It was a big part of uh, Oregon making it to the Final Four yeah. this past year. Um, so, shooter? I'm, I'm, I'm always okay with the shooter. Yeah, you can probably plug him in at the two or maybe backup point guard initially. Well, I think that that's one of their uh, big goals is for him to be the backup point guard to shooter, mm-hmm. which will be a big upgrade over Delaney and even though I am a Calderon guy, but be a big upgrade if he can run that spot. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I think that's another good pick for where we were. I mean, if you can get a guy who's projecting to be able to contribute uh, immediately in, in, in some form and at pick number 41 in the NBA draft, I think that's a, that's a damn good this pick. This one I am biased towards, though. There was a player on the board that I would have loved us to take. Oh, yeah, who's that? Uh, Jerron Blossom game out of Oh, he went into the draft? I didn't realize that. Yeah, dude. So, like, last year, um, he would have been a first-round pick if he came out. Mm -hmm. And he had a bit of a down year this year. Uh, Shooting kind of went off the charts a little bit. He still scored, though. Yeah, he's a huge athlete, huge wingspan. He's a wing player, correct? Yeah, Yeah. he's a small forward. Mm -hmm. Um, But the guy has potential to be a stud, and he's a senior, so he's going to jump in and contribute now. Um, I forget who drafted him. I think the Spurs. Classic Spurs. So that's going to be the Spurs second round pick. That be turns out next to be Kawhi. And it was like three picks after us. So I, I would have loved to bring in him mm-hmm. and um, see him contribute immediately. But Dorsey. Yeah, I think it's a solid cost, consolation prize for you. I suppose. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's not like we're saying you know automatically he's going to be. A, uh, a solid NBA player, but no, no, we'll uh, we shall see. You never know with these drafts; it's just all speculation yeah. until they actually get on the court. The way the last pick of the draft as well drafted some guy out of France that'll probably never see the court. Alpha Caba out of France. Guess he's named after a fraternity. That's terrible. No, that's the joke for Alpha Caba. Uh, anyways, big big center guy, uh, seven five wingspan. Um, I, I saw. So I actually did a little uh, a little research research on, on this guy, yeah. and uh, a lot of people who watch European basketball were like, "Why is this guy like? 
he can shoot the three. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And he's strong as hell. They're like, what's the deal? What's he missing? Why does he not have higher uh, draft stock than hmm. this? So Interesting. MSN Sports, which is... <laughs> we all know the biggest source of uh, sports news. Oh, yeah, news, MSN. Rated this draft pick at A-. So Wow. But he'll be in France. Maybe yeah, we'll, no. maybe, maybe we'll see him in 2020. Yeah, who knows? But those those picks, the likelihood of them actually contributing in any way that's meaningful or even seeing the court is uh, slim to none. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think a pretty solid draft. See how John Collins turns out. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, sorry. Does Mike pick that up? Yes. Does it? Yeah, we should wake him up. Snoring big smooth. I'm snoring now? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Guys. It's all right. It's had a long day. Oh, that's fair. It's all good. Um, so, do you want to go take like a proper nap? No, no. So yeah, I think the the big takeaway here is um, is John Collins. We're hoping he can develop into a guy that can contribute in a major way uh, this year. And when I say major, I mean see the court, show signs of life, and not necessarily saying you got to be a stud or even a serviceable serviceable player this year, but show me signs of life. Show me that you can develop into something that will hopefully. Um, I'm gonna start that. It was terrible. So the thing we really want to see out of John Collins this year is to work on developing his outside shooting touch because uh they've already said uh bud and schlank have said i mean that's the way the nba is going yep they think he has the potential to develop this touch Mm -hmm. um so work on that keep getting rebounds and um yeah we just want to see that we just want to see that the potential is there we want to see that there's something to look forward to it might be a difficult adjustment period initially because of his inability to play outside initially. So I think we want to be able to see him take those steps, show those signs of life that he can actually do that in the future and prove to us that he can bang in the post because being able to, even though it's going out of style, being able to do that, there's still a place for that in this league as long as you can be versatile. So here, here. Uh, so that's our Hawks draft coverage. So the Braves. They've kind of been doing what I, uh, last week, they won 7 out of 10. Yeah, 7 out of 10, uh, took 3 of 4 from the Giants in their most recent series. Should have been a sweep. Should have been. Uh, yeah, I watched Jim Johnson blew it. Julio Tehran actually pitched really he well pitched a hell of a game. Man. Yeah, 7 innings of shutout baseball, and then he's let down by the defense. Camargo yeah, makes up with a, that? Camargo makes an error. Dansby makes an error. I think Matt Adams made an error. It was um, ugly. They've and, had a couple and, innings yeah. like that this year where this, just the defense just falls apart. It reminded me of that Angels game where you have nine runs in that one inning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very similar to that because after you make those first two errors, um, Slater on the Giants uh, comes up and hits a three-run homer, and none of that should have happened. If anything, it would have been a solo home run. You're still up two to one. Uh, so that was really frustrating to see. And uh, Jim Johnson also didn't look good last night. He got the save. It was a wild game. We were up 12-6, to six, wind up winning 12-11. to 11. Uh, I wonder if uh, Vizcaino if his time is coming again for him to try to reclaim the uh, 
the closer's role. Yeah, Vizcaino's had his moments too yeah, recently. He has. Uh, I think it's fair to say, though, that Jim Johnson is not the closer of the future. No. He's the stopgap. I, 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 th- I think he's first on deck to get traded if he has a couple good weeks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Trade him off to someone desperate. Mm-hmm. Um, but this team's got fight, Graham. I, I like the way they're playing, and Matt Adams is just kicking ass. 13 home runs. He had another one last night. So that, um, yeah, that'll lead us into the, the big news, in my eyes, anyways, of this past week. Yeah. Is where Freddie Freeman uh, suggested that when he comes back, he comes back as a third baseman. To keep Matt Adams batting the lineup. Yeah, because that was always the big question is what, what happens when Freddie comes back because Matt Adams can't really play left field. I know we speculated that, you know, you trade Marcakis perhaps and slide or Kemp and slide Matt Adams into one of the corner outfield positions. But I know the Cardinals tried to do that in spring training and they were like, good God, what apparently have you done? Apparently like, yeah. I would like to see the video of how it could have been that bad. But right. Apparently the guy just, I don't know, I guess he doesn't move very well. Yeah, it was interesting when the story... He plays a decent first base, though. Right. It was interesting when the story came <clears throat> out, though, because uh, when it first emerged, it was just a rumor. And I thought, well, the Braves are putting out smoke screens. They're saying, we value Adam so much that we're going to keep his bat in the lineup. And we're going to... We're going to actually move our franchise cornerstone to a position he hasn't played in 10 years. And I was like, oh, they're just trying to increase Matt Adams' trade value even right. further. The numbers are great, but also let's just say that he's so important to us that we're going to keep him in the lineup when his the guy who's he's replaced temporarily is coming back. But no, and then it comes out that Freddie suggested it. Yeah, and that, that was a game changer for everybody. Yeah. And it just shows the type of player that Freddie is. Like, you want a franchise player that's willing to do that. Oh, for sure. So it's like, actually, Hugo brought this up. Oh, Hugo from Tucker. <clears throat> Hugo from Tucker brought this up. He was like, Chipper moved to left field. That worked out well. I think it was fine. Yeah, he wasn't, <clears throat> I think, well. Okay. I guess he had a down year offensively that year. He wasn't the best defensive outfielder. Um, There's a couple years he played in the outfield. I don't remember him really, uh you know, being anything special in the outfield, but I don't think he was a killer. He wasn't like yeah. Matt but, Kemp. But he there. did that because we had Vinny Castilla, who was a huge bat. Yeah, and even he though wanted he didn't really contribute, but on paper he was a huge bat. He wanted to keep that bat and do what's best for the team. Yeah. So and, that's what Freddie's doing here. Yeah, Freddie just wants to win. Which is great. Uh, <clears throat> my worry about this, well, here, here's the good news. Even if it doesn't work out, the good news is, is that we're probably not going to win anything this year, so it doesn't matter. Um, and we get to see if we can keep maybe keep Matt Adams as a uh, long-term guy. Who knows? Yeah. And bottom line, he's going to have more trade value in the offseason than in the middle of the season. Adams? Yeah. Maybe, unless he like really regresses back to who Matt Adams was before he came here. You act like he was some shithead. He wasn't a shithead, but he wasn't, any, he wasn't this. This is the best he's ever played Because he's never life. got consistent playing time. He's, fair enough, but he's never played like this ever. SunTrust Park probably helps. Probably does a little bit, but the dude is just, he's on it right now. Yeah. I think the one area this, what concerns me outside of Freddie playing a position he's never played professionally at this level at least, is um, what this does to Dansby Swanson. He's already had a lot of defensive miscues this year. He's going to be asked to probably cover more ground because Freddie's not going to be able to cover the ground a normal third baseman uh, would be able to cover. I don't know that, but I can I can I can say that by, by having watched him play play first base. Um, he's a hell of a first base. He's a good first baseman, 
But I will say this, that he doesn't cover a shit ton of ground. He's not supposed to as a first baseman. And I'm just wondering how that's going to translate to Dansby. I think it's going to increase um, the amount of errors he makes. I think it's going to make us give up more runs. I don't foresee this being a long-term thing or really working out just because you, you can't not play a position for that long and then just say, okay, I'm going to just rotate to the hot corner. The slow rollers, those bunts. It's very different. And yeah, it's a completely different position. Um, but he, And be able to just immediate. I don't think I, anyone's expecting like an immediate transfer where he's just going to be the stud at third, but I also am just worried about what this does to the rest of the team on that side of the diamond. I think, A, <clears throat> he's more athletic than people give him credit for. He's got a cannon of an arm. He, yeah, he can throw the ball pretty well. And he played it like this was his natural position growing up. So Yeah, but he hasn't played it in 10 years. He played a golf, a single A ball. I saw a great, um, I suppose it was a meme. So remember in, did you see the movie Moneyball? Yes. So when Ron Washington was also the infielding coach for the A's. Yep. In that movie. Mm -hmm. And um, Scott Hatterberg was moving from catcher to first base. Yep. So so they could keep his bat in the lineup. Mm -hmm. And uh, like it's Billy Bean and Ron Washington sitting down at Scott Hatterberg's house like saying this is what we're going to do. You're going to learn to play first base. Yep. And um, he's like, "Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess learning a new position, I'm already a major leaguer, like how hard can it be?" And it pans to Ron Washington. He's like, Oh, it's incredibly hard. <laughs> Which is yeah. funny because now Ron Washington's the new coach trying to teach Freddie the same thing. Yeah, I saw I saw Freddie. Um, I think they posted on Twitter him taking ground balls. No, I and, saw the video. They yeah. got. I mean, he, I saw him charging and firing one. Big first. difference between that and playing that in a game. But hey, but hey, you know what? I applaud Freddie for doing this. As no, I Adam, think it's awesome. As Adam said, shows that he's a team first guy and he's a loyal guy. He is he is this franchise. He literally the guy just wants to win. Again. Yeah, he'll do whatever it takes to win. He thinks this gives us a better chance to win, so be it. If if we can score uh, you know, five, six runs a game, and you know, we get that lineup of, you know, Inciarte, Phillips, Freeman, Kemp, Adams as your top five, that's pretty damn good. Those are good table setters. That's loaded, and that's, man. And, and that's and that's a loaded three, four, five. That's murderer's row right there. So Followed by, you still got Marcakis in there. Yeah, Marcakis, Dansby Shun's son's wife. You know who I really like? Tyler Flowers. I do, yeah, Tyler Flowers. But you know who I also really like? That Johan Camargo. Johan Camargo. This guy's has looking played great. really, really well. No, he's looking, I mean, I mean, he's like, remember when like Martin Prado got called up and mm-hmm. he wasn't a big prospect or anything, yeah. but then he turns into like an unbelievable player. Yeah. Like just solid, consistent. Johan Camargo puts his bat on the ball. Consistently, yes. and I love it hard every time. Even I his love house. his approach at the plate too. When there's a pitch outside, he goes the opposite way. He's a very smooth, very natural swing. Doesn't try and kill the ball and just puts it in play. Yeah, and um, I really like the way he's playing. He's hitting over 300, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, oh, he is. So much so that um, Rio Ruiz has now been sent down. Yeah, and they're saying at least until Freddie comes up, Camargo's the guy at third. Right. And so I'm. And I'm he can totally play fine. short. He can play shortstop. He can play second base. He can play outfield. He's the kind of guy you want on your bench in case another health scare happens. Yeah. So he's going to get his at bats. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, if you move Phillips at the deadline for somebody, he can slide. That's why I think. Base. I mean, that's why Phillips. I mean, 
He's done after this year. He has been really great for us. But we have Camargo we can put in there. We have Ozzy Albies. Ozzy Albies. Even if he's not ready, we got Camargo. So yeah. I think Phillips will be the one veteran to. It's not going to be a fire sale this year, I don't think. Maybe not, but um, Phillips' trade value, I'm sure, is pretty high. I'm sure anyone who's looking for a second baseman is going to Yeah, be. Phillips, I'd be okay trading Phillips. I don't want to trade Kemp. I don't want to trade Marcakis. I'd rather trade, you know, as weird as it sounds, even though I'd rather trade Marcakis than Phillips. I just I think Phillips has just contributed so much this year. I'd love to see him keep playing, but I know he doesn't really have a future here. No, he doesn't. He's 36. Yeah. We, yeah. we have a player ready to He's, fill in. Yeah. Um, I agree he's a big part of this yeah. team. Though. But the Braves are in second place. The NL East is definitely the worst division in baseball, but they're eight, nine and a half games back right now. They're not going to challenge Washington for the division title. Hell, I don't think they're going to make a wild card run like we think they are. But the pitching has been better in the rotation. Newcomb still looks really good. Um, had another great outing against the Giants. Um, was it Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday of this week? What did you, you think about Snicker pulling him after 80 pitches? I didn't like that. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Uh, did you hear his logic behind I it? I did not. So he said he did it just because um, Brandon Belt and Posey and Hunter Pence were coming up. And he just third did, or fourth time you've seen him. Yeah, he, you know. he just had a gut feeling, them seeing him for the third time. So that's why he pulled him. Yeah, okay. I can. So he was just going on his gut. I can see that. Outside of leaving a couple of curveballs up, they got like hammered, but they were they wound up being flyouts. But uh, they, they got hit. Pretty well. He looked, you know, once again looked pretty damn exceptional. Yeah. I mean, the guy is here to stay, and he's he's showing he belongs. So I'm I'm pumped about seeing him succeed. Speaking of Snicker, now that we're about halfway through this season, mm-hmm. what do you think about him coming back next year? Do you think we're going to resign him? Because I've heard a lot of talk recently, not with like not only with Ron Washington and this whole Freddie thing, but just the players love Ron Washington. And yeah, well, I love I love him as third base coach because he just sends everybody no matter what. Oh yeah, ball goes to the outfielder at all. It's like go 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 go. <laughs> but is Ron Washington the the manager in waiting, or do we keep going? That's been state? rumored quite a bit, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if that did happen. Um, considering his pedigree, considering he took the uh, you know Rangers to I think back to back World Series, he lost them both. Yeah, but um, and. I think ever since he had that issue with the cocaine stuff and the affair and whatever else happened with his wife, he sort of, I know, took some time off from baseball and then he's come back the last few years. I think he's ready for another shot. He's not getting any younger. And it wouldn't surprise me to either see him take over next year or go somewhere else to get yeah, another no, shot. Yeah, I'll doubt he'll be a third base coach with us again no. next year. So. Um, I think he was just getting his, his feet wet again and yep. getting back into it. So I can see that happening, although, I mean, my, my one gripe with Snitker it's a little bit with the bullpen, is uh, insisting on continuing to use Ian Kroll. I do not understand why this guy is still on this team. Every time he comes in, he gets shelled. He's put in high-leverage situations a lot. Um, and, and he doesn't perform. He hasn't performed all year. And I, I really don't... He's, he had one decent stretch in, like, May-ish, where he had, like, three or four decent appearances. But other than that, he's been so hit or miss that I just don't understand the rationale of putting him in there. I'll take anyone. I'll take Freeman. The corpse of Eric O'Flaherty, I don't give a shit. Kroll is worthless to me. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't watched him enough to... Yeah, it's just... He hasn't been good. Yeah. I wonder what... You think just the past two years with the number of uh, innings he threw... 
people just are onto him now, or he's not doesn't have the same stuff. I'm not sure, but every time I see him come in the game, I groan. Yeah, it's it's even when we're getting our asses kicked, I was like, get a fucking fan out in the field to pitch over this guy. It just I don't know. He just has not done anything for me this year, and the numbers show it. Five yeah. five thirty ERA with a, that it? With, yeah. a, with a huge whip. Um, yeah, it's ugly. And as a and as a guy in the bullpen, you're only pitching an inning. That sucks. Yeah, no other way around that. Um, but yeah, Braves are looking good. They're inching closer to 500. I think they're 35 and 38. And it's, it's just been fun to watch too. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, a situation where I don't feel like watching the Braves is a chore anymore. It's like getting more enjoyable. No, with all these, we lead the league in um, walk off hits. hits. Yeah, Brandon Phillips with back to back walk offs. Uh, Kemp had one. Yeah, Kemp had one. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been fun. So yeah. keep an eye on those Bravos. Oh, you know what we never talked about? Oh, what's that? I went to the Atlanta United game. Oh, we do last week. We have to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So Arthur said I was going to be completely sold going to a game, and I'm eighty percent there. Eighty percent. Tell me about your experience. Okay. Well, we did the whole tailgating thing. Yeah. So where was that? Uh, a lot right next to the Georgia Tech Stadium. They okay. didn't even mow the damn thing though. Oh, there's grass everywhere? Yeah, it's tall grass. Oh, is it brushing up against your legs yeah, and whatnot? That's more of a Georgia Tech issue than Atlanta that. United. Yeah, it's, it's not their fault. But it was cool. Like, like out, I mean, there were a ton of people tailgating. Um, there's like a big group that had like a bunch of drums and shit, just doing soccer chants, mm-hmm. which was fun. It started pouring rain. Yep. Um, it's been raining a shit ton lately. Yeah, it's, it's been nuts. Every day's been miserable. So the, the, the game was delayed about 30 minutes. Um which was fine with me. Uh, but going in the game... Um, Just gives you a reason to drink more, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm always cool with a, a delay. Uh, but yeah, we, we had our seats in the upper deck of Bobby Dodd. Where was it in uh, terms of yard line? Like the end zone. Okay. We were in the, we were in the corner. Okay. Uh, and people were crammed in there, man. Like We had like six of us. And like our seats weren't actually there mm-hmm. anymore, so you just kind of had to stand wherever. So right. people are standing the whole game, which is cool. I was a little disappointed though that whole like it was a sellout, but they've stopped selling that backs the huge back section behind the end zone. Mm-hmm. That was completely empty. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Apparently, they had just so many issues with like bathrooms and beer vendors. It's and, just overcrowded. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't really understand though, because. The stadium's built for that capacity. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. They should be able to facilitate that, but maybe there's... I don't know what you chalk that up to, but that's pretty silly to me. Yeah, that was odd. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't as loud and crazy as I imagined, but maybe mm-hmm. that's just because it's Bobby Dodd. Right. And it's a small-ass stadium. Um, but people were into it. I, I mean, I was into it. It's a fun... Like, being there is just nonstop action. Yeah. Uh, it went by quick. Which I liked. Yeah. Like, you know, football game, people kind of get in and out. Right. With all the Everybody's breaks. Everybody's standing and, around for five minutes yeah, during a commercial break. All, all the breaks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, we won 3-1. It was, it was a big win. Um, There's some really nice goals scored in that game. Yeah. Uh, Jose Martinez is back. Yeah. And that yeah. was cool. He had a really nice goal. Yeah, he came in at the end of the game, I believe, right? Yeah. The last, like, 20 minutes or so. Um, brought some energy. So it was fun. I yeah. mean... I definitely didn't leave it thinking, oh, I hate soccer. That was right. boring. So so why aren't you totally sold? I don't know. I think the energy just... I think there was so much hype, I anticipated like the most raucous 
crowd ever. Crowd you know? I've ever experienced in my life. So not just from a crowd perspective, but from the game. Like, were you engaged in the game the whole time? Did it ever bore you? Was it ever like, can something happen? No? No, I was never bored. So you're into the game? Oh, yeah. Just the atmosphere wasn't what you thought it would be. I mean, it was a great atmosphere, but I guess it just wasn't like... The expectations were at such a high level that right. it could never be met. I guess probably. I was expecting the crowd that I saw on TV for that first game. Yeah. And I guess just not having that one section makes a huge difference. Mm. But uh, Arthur and I tried to get a tomahawk chop going. Did not happen. No. <laughs> there, Did people there, look at you weird? There were like a few people in front of us that they were like, oh, yeah. But then mm. everyone else was like, what are these idiots doing? Right. But uh, no, it was a good time. I'll definitely go to another game. Okay. Uh, just have to get myself out there then. Yeah, cool. Everybody experience. I know has gone to a damn United game except for me. Yeah. Just about. Actually, that's not true. But a lot of people have. Yeah. Um, I don't think of anything else to talk about on this subject. Was there a lot of bitching at all in the crowd? Here's my question about the crowd. Were they just doing chants the whole time? Were they just engaged? Were they talking amongst themselves? Or how'd that go? I was wondering if there's any bitching about Mercedes Benz not being ready. <laughs> not in the one section of people I was sitting in. Fair enough. No. Um, really, the only like talking with other people I did was during the tailgate. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had our grill, but it was pouring rain, so I had to like borrow someone's tent. Fun, and uh, it was. He, he said, "No, I mean, this guy knew his soccer. I'll tell you that much." Made me feel like an idiot when I was like, "Oh, it's yeah. my first game," and he's like, "I've been to every game." I was like, "Well, it's only eight games, dude. Right. Like, back off." But he knew a hell of a lot more about. Oh yeah, he like coached you. youth soccer, okay, or some shit. Um, he's a legend then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he had nothing negative to say about it. Right. Uh, I think people have enjoyed Bobby Dodd for the most part. Mm-hmm. So That's all I got. Fair enough. We're still easing our way into talking soccer. Yeah. I'm waiting for the new stadium. Give me the new stadium and I'll go to it. Yeah, that's what I've heard a few other people say. Yeah. That once, once that happens. Yeah. I'll out. tell you this about Bobby Dodd. I haven't gone there a number of times. Ain't fun sitting there on those... Not that you do a lot of sitting during a soccer No, that's game. why I say everyone was standing the whole time. We only, we only sat during halftime. Yeah. Those are some uncomfortable-ass benches, though. Yeah. So, moving on to the Falcons. Um, not a heck of a lot going on, except for this damn Devonta Freeman stuff. Um, ever since the Super Bowl, we've been hearing about either his agent or himself saying he wants to get paid you know, elite money, and Thomas Dimitrov coming out repeatedly saying, we value Devonta, we're going to get this deal done, and yet the squawking continues. Maybe this is like a um, just a team bet, where they're like, hey... Someone on this team needs to be a diva. Devontae, you're they, up. They drew straws and Devontae pulled, got the short straw. Yeah, that's why he just keeps talking. Uh, it's, 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 it's crazy to me because now it's gone beyond just saying he wants to get paid, blah, blah, blah. Now it's gone to him hypothesizing about himself and not the team. Basically saying, you know, if I kept being fed the ball in... Uh, in the Super Bowl, because in the Super Bowl, he had six carries for 71 yards in the first half. And then the second half, he had like four carries for five yards. And he's, he was saying, basically, if I if they had kept feeding me the ball, that I would have been the MVP of the Super Bowl. Didn't he miss a huge block that ended up losing us the game? Yes, he did. Okay. Yes, he did. And so he fails to mention that. He also says, oh, no disrespect to Matt or anything like that. But, yeah, I would have been the MVP. And you know, rambling on about all this other stuff. And it was an eerie comparison to Marshawn Lynch saying I should have gotten the ball at the one-yard line. I would have been MVP. I would have been the face of 
the country, blah, blah, blah. Madden covers. Right. I, you know, and, and this is unfortunate to me because it feels like Devontae's getting too wrapped up in himself and, and not the, the benefit of the team. And I understand he wants to get paid, but it's like when the general manager's saying, I'm going to pay you, I swear to God, I'm going to, well, he didn't say I swear to God, but it's like pretty much saying it's a guarantee. It's going to get done. Just shut up. Like, there's no reason to keep talking about it. He's showing his ass right now. Right. It doesn't make any sense. And to say that I was going to be the MVP in a game where, yes, he missed a critical block, you know, we shouldn't have been passing the but he did miss that critical block. I mean, I think that's ridiculous. You don't hear anyone else on that team. You don't hear Matt Ryan saying that. You don't hear Julio saying that after he made that amazing catch and having put up ridiculous numbers in that Super Bowl that they would have been an MVP. They're not focused on individual accomplishments. They're focused on trying to get back there and fin- and take care of unfinished business. It's like me saying, had I started taking steroids when I was in ninth grade, I would have uh, made the varsity team at Lakeside, and then I would have been the... the uh, I guess they don't do MVPs in baseball, do they, for World Series? Oh, well, yeah. I yeah, would have yeah, led... Yeah, of course. There's a World Series MVP. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would have been... I would have led the Braves to, like... Four World Series in the no. past decade. That's a little ridiculous, but it's in the ballpark. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't understand what he's trying to do here. What, what is the point of saying that? And this contradicts uh, something Matt Ryan said where he was asked, like, well, what's the hangover effect going to you know, feel like? And he's like, well, you know, we, we got together in April as a team and did private team workouts. You know, we decided to put that behind us at that point, that we got to get that out of our system. And, of course, I think mentally that's always going to be there no matter what you say. And even if you think you've moved on, it's all, you're always going to feel the negative effects of that. Yeah. However, Matt's saying the right thing in that situation. And to a degree, yes, you've got to put it behind you to succeed to a degree. Use that as fire, if anything. But for, and then so that contradicts your, your quarterback, your leader, uh, you know, publicly to the media. It doesn't look good. Is Devontae getting in Dwight Howard uh, territory for you? No. No. He's not because he still shows up in balls and uh, for the most part let, lets his play do the talking. But now he's getting – it seems to be getting a big head now. Right. And uh, I don't like it, and he needs to check himself. What makes you worry a little bit what he's going to do once he does get that big contract? Is he going to be the type of guy that gets his money and then doesn't work as hard? Right. Because he's still getting paid, you know, only like $900,000, I think, this year. So he's not, I don't think he's going to I don't make, think that's true. I don't know. He's making significantly less he's, money. He's than making he's money that a fourth-round draft pick would make. Yes. In the final year of his contract. Yeah. Uh, of his rookie contract. So That he signed. That he signed. Uh, so it seems like progressively it's just getting worse with him, and, and he just needs to stop showing his ass. It really yeah. does. And it's uh, incredibly frustrating. He's turning himself into it. We do not problem. need a distraction from the brotherhood, from the brothership. Nope. We need to be united as a team and not let selfish, egotistical desires distract us from our goal. Especially when it's been guaranteed to you. I don't understand what he's trying to do here. Yeah. Who, who does this serve, Adam? You're, you're all right, though. You only made $600,000 last well, year. Well, there you go. But who's, who does this serve? Devontae. Even then, but it makes him look like shit. Yeah. It doesn't serve anybody. It's, it's, it makes him look bad. It, it makes everybody look bad. It's just not a good look. It needs to stop. Someone needs to grab him and say, be quiet. Matt needs to go up to him. Julio needs Better yet, Julio should go up to him and say, stop it, man. Shut your trap. Yeah. He needs to be the leader of these running backs, of, of Tevin Coleman and, and Ward and whoever else. Yeah. A rookie. And, 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 a rookie and, that could take his Brian job. Brian Hill. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't get it. It's, it's baffling. It needs to stop. Yeah. Quite frustrating. Anything to add? That's all I got. That's all you got. Yeah. 
We got enough. a we got a live studio audience tonight. Uh, there we go. One of which was going to be our special uh, guest host for uh, those of you who might know him, Brantley Brooks, of the uh, formerly of the Gwinnett Braves, soon to be the Gwinnett Waffle Batters. Um, he was going to be our guest host, but then he gets in the studio and sees what Graham and I do, and literally starts snoring. Yep. And uh, we lost all confidence in him, and uh, decided to cancel the interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, Graham and I just made eye contact and a head nod. It was like, okay, clearly this isn't happening. Yeah. Um, so, but Brantley's here. Uh, in case you guys were wondering, uh, boy John Galvin out of Philly here as well. Actually, rooting for the Braves. Right rooting now. for the Braves. Yep. That's so, surprising. Yeah. John's instilled a lot more confidence in me than yeah. Brantley. Well, John, why don't you come over and say a few words? You've been a big supporter. We should actually talk about what you told us earlier. Oh yeah, let's get some uh, some user come feedback. On. Yeah, take take a take a take a seat on the Adam Cloud couch. So this is a guy who's from Philly, uh, not an Atlanta sports guy. No, but he's lived in Atlanta for now about a year and a half or two. Technically six months. Six months officially. Officially, sure. He's been going back and forth. Uh, but oh, yeah, what'd you say about uh, listening to our podcast, John? You guys actually saved my life. Okay. I'm driving from Atlanta, 5 a.m. left, going to uh, Asheville, North Carolina in the last hour and a half. For I, business. Uh, for business. Yeah. And I'm starting to fall asleep behind the wheel. Music wasn't doing it. Yeah. So what do I do? Turn on the best thing I can think of, your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See, a lot of people go like Pandora Comedy Station or... Yeah. Blast some ACDC yeah, or some metal or something. You go Atlanta's own. Well, technically, I already downloaded your podcast and uh, I hit a, a little drive patch with Wi Fi or uh, network capabilities, what have you. Thanks a lot, Verizon. Yep. Um, and Shout out to Verizon. You guys, <laughs> one of our many sponsors. You yep. guys were the only thing that was uh, downloaded on my phone, so I turned you on, but hell, you did the trick. Fucking right, right. That's amazing. That's awesome. Is there just our soothing? Well, I guess not soothing, because if they were soothing... Right, if it was soothing, it would have put him to sleep. Yeah. So I guess us being grating or loud or whatever we are yeah. kept him awake. It was a little, a little bit of everything, especially because when you think about Atlanta sports and how it pairs up nicely with Philly sports, we love the complaint. Right. We that, love the complaint that, about our got. sports teams. In fact, I love when my sports teams play bad because it gives me something to talk about. There you go. John was our uh, hockey guy. Yes. I was looking at. Uh, I didn't realize the Predators were an eight seed. Yeah, that's insane. I didn't know that either. I would have really, truly appreciated that series had I had that info going into it. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. They beat off uh, Senators. They beat them off good, Adam. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Senators on the other Who was the number one seed that they beat? Blackhawks. Black Hacks. Which yeah, makes me which happy. is nice because going back a couple seasons ago, 2009 series, uh, my dad is in Nashville. He goes and sees the game. It's Nashville Blackhawks. I guess maybe like round first round of the playoffs, maybe maybe second. But goes buys a ticket and on the way home he's riding up the elevator. Guess who walks onto uh, the elevator? Scott Thorman. Patrick Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Thorman. <laughs> people. That's great. Kane steps on the elevator, and my, the only thing my dad could think of is just, hey, man, good game. And they won that day. That's awesome. What does the guy do? He spits on my dad's foot. What? Yeah. Wow. But he's got two handlers. 
sitting on either side of him. So spit on his foot. What? What? Was he drunk? Why did he do it? Just you know, young young guy. Just a jerk off. So he said good. Well, he wasn't saying like condescending. He was a little bit. Uh, Probably a little bit. No, my dad. Uh, Well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he had it coming. Maybe. That's hardcore. But I love seeing him beat. Right. No. Sure. 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 Shitty way to end the season, though. Right. That, that, the last goal in the finals, Pittsburgh. But actually a good series, unlike NBA. It's a great series. Oh, there's a lot of, there's yeah. a lot of great that playoff hockey. Good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, yeah, John, we're nope. glad we saved your life. No one can accuse hey. us of not talking hacky or sack. If we hadn't started this podcast, John would be dead right now. I would be. I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. So, good on us, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Graham, you got anything else to add tonight? I think that wraps up this episode of Atlanta Zone. Okay. Well, um, I'll do your little spiel about our uh, what have you. I will not, but I will say this. If you enjoy listening to two drunks ramble about Atlanta sports and think anyone else might be interested, shoot them over to uh, the platform that you listen to the show on, either on iTunes or SoundCloud. We would sh- surely appreciate it, and we appreciate your time Today, tonight, whenever you are listening to this, thank you for making us part of your existence. Just might save your life. It just might save your life. Mm. Testimony here from one John Galvin. Strong. Well, for Graham Waldrop, I'm Adam Kalal. Hospitality.